All right. Well, let's just get right into the facts. Jer, you are upper upper left on my screen. Hello. Hit me with the Jack's facts. Today's Jack's facts is brought to you by video games. <laughs> Jackson is a well, to put it bluntly, he's a toxic Animal Crossing player. <laughs> but he's unintentionally toxic because he doesn't understand that it's not a competitive game. So, he's he's really into it he plays it a lot but he also like he will go to other people's islands and like mess them up and try to like steal their villagers or whatever they're called and yeah so people people are very upset at him and there's whole reddit threads about him but nobody (laughs) knows that it's just a 12 year old who doesn't understand the game does he have this kind of cutthroat sort of behavior in any other video game realms or pretty much just animal crossing he's he's the kind of kid that will play a single game at once at one time and this is kind of his first foray into like actual out there video games that aren't just on a console with other people so he's not used to playing multiplayer type of games like this so (laughs) but he feels like he's winning He is. Nice. He's, He's at least crushing his enemies. Gabriel, Gabriel, you are next on my screen. What is, well, do you want to go, do you want to do Tito's fact first and then sissies? Yeah, I'll start with Tito's. They, they play into each other. And this fact is brought to you by puzzles. <laughs> that is a little fun thing. Tito <laughs> likes to do puzzles. Although Tito started out with thousand piece puzzles. Couldn't get it. Couldn't solve one. Couldn't figure it out. Dropped down to the 750 piece. Couldn't get there either. Kept bumping our way down. Tito landed on the fact that he's about a hundred or less piece puzzle kind of guy. It's a fun little thing he likes to do. (laughs) Which rolls right into Sissy. Now, because they can't afford to buy puzzles, he makes puzzles for his brother to solve. A lot of them are food based cat-based, pictures of them in stick figure form. They're normally made out of pizza boxes where he'll kind of draw just a crude drawing and then he cuts it up into a lot of chunks and he lets his brother figure them out and this is just something that they do now. They I don't know how it started other than Tito finding an old dumpster half-done puzzle. He solved half of it, had all the pieces he had and so Sissy just kind of filled in the rest and it just rolled from there. But yeah, so Tito does puzzles and Sissy now makes puzzles for his brother. <laughs> does Sissy actually like use a jigsaw to cut him up into jigsaw pieces? Oh, no, he just cuts them into big squares. <laughs> his brother's not the best at puzzles. <laughs> so there's no one to Sissy. <laughs> it's just crude stick figure drawings put together by square chunks. But as long as he keeps them around 60 nice. to 70 pieces, it'll keep his brother busy for about a day. And it's just a, <laughs> we're all good to go. I mean, it gives you no guidance. So I would say that's actually more challenging than a traditional puzzle. Like if you that's see true. Like, true. A, like this two, could go anywhere. two yellow pieces, it's like, well, one of them's got to go here and one of them's got to go here. It's like, okay, it's the square one. Oh, God, they're all squares. <laughs> Which way do I turn it? What do I? This one's got so a when we sell this for the movie rights, 
Again, not if we sell it, but when we sell it. When. And Adrian Brody and Jack Black are cast as <laughs> Sissy and Tito. I can, I'm just, these scenes are just writing themselves. It's just amazing. Love it. I absolutely love it. I'm assuming your guy's house has all sorts of framed puzzles <laughs> like my mom has. It has numerous nice. shoe boxes filled with parts of puzzles numerous ones but they're all squares so we're just kind of blending the puzzles you don't really know what pieces go with what but they're all in shoe boxes <laughs> we have most of them <laughs> no friends. they're also still just like flat because they didn't figure out to to glue them together so that they could put them vertically on the wall so they just have yeah. sort of like like a series of coffee table puzzles across the entire house they finish no them, glue. they scoop them back into the box, <laughs> and they just cycle with the next one. <laughs> nice. Tito and Sissy are just, you know, they just, they live their truth. And I love it. Absolutely well, love that it. Sounded I love too. Mark. Yeah. Mark, what is a, a fact of Michael? Uh, well, Michael's fact today is brought to you by Beans in that he has a ranked list of his favorites. <laughs> of course he does. Nice. Yes. Can I interrupt real quick? Please do. I love uh, it when you interrupt. Is it, is it, <laughs> thank you. Is it expanded? Is it a legume list? A list of legumes or just beans? Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest. This is, this is stemming from his culinary dietary needs. Sorry, his mm. dietary needs. So it is the culinary concept of a bean. Mm. So, I gotcha. mean, yeah. Do you have like the top three or top five? Oh, do oh, I, I want? I want um, top twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe I'll give you five with a couple of honorable mentions. Hmm, fair enough. Yeah, and exactly. we're just going to assume the word bean. So when I say number five is green then you know what it is. We would say bean. Bean, yes. Yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> Number four is Great Northern. Bean. Bean. Number three, red. Hmm? Bean. Come on, class. Bean. Sonia. Sonia. <laughs> no, that's a good answer, too. October. <laughs> but <laughs> Simply. <laughs> Bear in mind, Michael does not does not eat meat or submarines. So, <laughs> number two, soy. It can no, do anything. It can do anything, right? right? Yeah. And the number one being on his list, fava. Oh, unexpected. Oh, yeah, I was going to go lima. I thought lima was going to sneak in there, but I also no. thought it was lima. I mean, uh, I mean it's it's lima is is on the honorable mentions, but the fava bean is. You know, it's resilient. Yeah. You, know, you, you need a you need a bean that's gonna hold up no matter how it's cooked. That's a, that's a fava bean. It's always gonna be crisp and hearty. Yeah. Nice. Is, is jelly on the list? Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> jelly has gelatin in it, so no. So no, Mister Bean. In the honorable mention time. <laughs> huh? Is Mister Mister <laughs> on there anywhere? It's on a different list. <laughs> He's on the list of favorite comedian, favorite comedic actors named after favorite legumes. Yes. <laughs> it's a very short list. It's, it is a short list. Yes. But a distinguished one. Mm -hmm. Kyle, and lastly, but certainly not leastly, tell us a Larry fact. 
So today's Larry fact is brought to you by litigiousness. So Larry, as a young lad, well, he still does, but he had an uncle named Lenny, who is a lawyer. And Lenny was a big influence on Larry growing up. And Lenny is the the token, like terrible lawyer, just like litigious to a fault. And this came through the most when he was a kid. Larry bought the Mavis Beacon teaches typing software to help himself, you know, get get more comfortable typing sure. because he was just kind of sure. hunting and pecking. And he thought, you know, there's no way I'm going to make it in the world while I'm hunting and pecking. And then when he opened up the box and launched the program, he was not greeted, in fact, by Mavis Beacon at all. But rather, it was just sort of a self-guided, you know, like teach you how to teach yourself how to type. Right. Like complete, yeah, yeah. complete false advertising. He was very upset about this. Nowhere was expert types person Mavis Beacon to be found in Mavis Beacon teachers <laughs> typing. And so he came to his uncle Lenny and he shared his frustrations with this. And Lenny helped him draft up a sternly worded letter that they sent to the the creators of Mavis Beacon teachers typing, which is Broderbund software. And they took it seriously ish wrote a, a very nice word, very nice letter right back saying, you know, I appreciate your frustration. You know, I, while I, I, I don't know that we can entertain this lawsuit, here's a free copy of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? And Larry was just super happy about that and then just totally dropped it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and that was the end of Broder <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. I will present a fact since that was brought up as a complaint last episode that I had not been giving facts. My fact is brought to you by graphic novels turned into surprisingly good movies in that if any of you have read the graphic novel Nimona and if you have seen the recently released Netflix movie of the same name. Yeah. Sorry. Have you seen it, Mark? I've seen the trailer. I want to it, see it. I've heard it's really it's, good. It's incredible. It's incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And in fact, and so the, the, the graphic novel to me, I could kind of take or leave. The story is interesting. The artwork kind of bugged me. I just didn't like, I didn't like the artwork. And for a graphic novel, I'm like, I kind of need the artwork to be a, you know, I kind of need to buy into that. Interesting story though, but the movie, they take that pretty cool story and then blow it up in a really good way, in a really good way. Riz Ahmed stars as the the main character, this, uh, this knight who is framed for a crime he doesn't commit and is forced to kind of become a bad guy. And then Nimona, the titular character, is this. I don't know. I don't know how to describe her if you haven't read the book, but it's she essentially becomes his sidekick, but she's awesome. And she's voiced by Chloe Grace Moretz, and it's amazing. So nice. My kids have been watching it, and I've been like, you know, not leaving the room when they've been watching it because I'm like, this is actually really, really good. So is it a movie or a series? Movie? It is a Netflix movie. Okay, cool. Definitely called Nimona, N I M O N A. Very cool. I do like Chloe Grace. Okay. Chloe, Chloe now. Moretz. She's great. Chloe Grace yeah, Moretz. Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, she's rad. Yeah, and yep. she's, she's super good in this role. Yeah, she's so. fantastic. Okay. So it's been, a, it's been a bit since we last recorded. And to recap our last episode, which was the throwdown at the snootery for the annual fight against rabies like a rabid dog yearly soiree no the yearly fight rabies like a rabid dog annual soiree i forget the big fundraiser and in that you encountered sasha presnois who was a charming oh so charming 
gentleman with a handshake like an iron vice and his ogre-like bodyguards, Dylan and Todd, I think. No, Todd was one of the other ones. Doesn't matter. But also met up with New Money. You never found out his real name, but you knew him as New Money, who also seemed to be the source of Red Leaf. And there was a bit of a kerfuffle between the two of them, almost like a turf war that you kind of got in the middle of. Really what happened was that there was that new money started to float around like Scott Stapp in that one video and then turned the fountain into an amazing fountain golem that Jer created a super cool picture of that was wreaking havoc. Michael fell face first in no Jackson fell face first into a rabid dog cake and was out of commission for most of the fight, which allowed Jeremy to come up with all those really cool AI drawings. It was Michael's fault that that happened. It was Michael's fault because Michael, using his newly discovered powers of super speed, shook up the can of blowhard and threw it at Sasha Fresnois, which exploded, sending Jackson off the balcony into the, the dog cake. Tito and Sissy demolished both the string quintet and the DJ station, which was actually demolished a couple times. The second time by Larry, after he had also turned into a shark, but then also a an additional fountain golem. Larry was having an interesting day, and then you but you successfully managed to plant two tracking devices. Remember, the whole point was that you were trying to plant tracking devices on Sasha Presnois. Michael was able to get the pin stuck in the back of Sasha's coat, and then <laughs> Jackson decided to spend his burn once he actually burned successfully. First of all, he blew up Dylan, the bodyguard with cake bombs, like plasma grenades, leaving a, a quote, Dylan shaped hole in the wall minus Dylan's hand, which was still holding on to Michael's arm. But then he used the rest of his burn to essentially do a freakish monkey climb onto Sasha's back to shove the monocle down the back of his shirt and then reappear where he was before. But you also successfully put a tracking device on New Money because Sissy was able to give his business card to New Money at the beginning of the encounter. So you actually did maybe a little more than you expected in a good way. Once you had those things happen and once everyone was recovered, you you hightailed it out of there. Tito Puente came to pick you up and brought you back to the Heritage Hill Observatory, which is where we are now. So the, the five of you will we'll, we'll just go kind of in the immediate aftermath of that, that big soiree and just the, the short hours afterwards. It's very late at night, but everyone's there at the Heritage Hill Observatory. All hands are on deck. In fact, it's kind of a celebratory nature there because they feel like the mission went amazingly well. So you guys pull up into the the kind of the secret parking garage of the observatory and everyone's like high-fiving you and like, yeah, way to go. We did it. We did a great job. Ah. And you get into the control room that looks kind of like, you know, mission control at NASA. And you see Dr. Penelope Blarnt there and she looks super excited. And then she sees Michael and kind of lingers <laughs> for a second. Still excited, but just lingering. What does Larry look like in this moment? I feel like on the way back, he, so if I remember correctly, he was pretty discombobulated when we were getting out of there, right? Like he was really, he, was. he had been several different shapes and like it, it really was kind of messing with him. Okay. It's also, yeah, he was also very much like mesmerized by Sasha at one point. So he was yeah a little bit hungover yeah, yeah, yeah. from that, if you want to call sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So in the ride home, 
he switched back to himself but it's it's sort of like do you remember there was that painting that someone tried to fix it was like a, a, a painting of Jesus that they tried to fix, and then it ended up just sort of this like sort of yeah. smushed, like someone accidentally, it, like yes. someone windexed it. That was like, oh, oh so yeah. it's it's not quite that severe, but you like everyone has seen what Larry looks like enough to know what he looks like, and it, he looks like actually a, an AI generated version of himself. Like if someone <laughs> were to describe him, that's what he looks like, but he's not himself, and that comes through in like how he's presenting as well. so he's not like he's not freakish it's just like you kind of you gotta look close and be like yeah that's larry but i don't know so he he definitely is like you know he he is not like a shadow of himself in all the ways larry is the uncanny valley yeah yeah, exactly yeah Yeah, uncanny valley that's that's what i was gonna say 100 percent. yeah there we go there's there's the link to the painting in question yeah (laughs) Uh, or one of them there we go and i think that what he's you know i'm imagining sort of two things one is like a michael bay-esque celebration with the spinning camera kind of around is like the person is being very stoic the other is kind of like an mission impossible-esque like ethan hunt is focused so much on the task that he is wholly disconnected from the things happening around him. But I feel like that's just him while the celebration is going on. Like he is very inward at the moment. He's, he can't like, he, he has to block that out because he's so like, I don't know, discombobulated at the moment. So it's not like he's having like this introspective moment. It's more like he's like just trying to hold his shit together a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. I think he's experiencing like, he's never had the opportunity before to change so many times. And I think that in combination with, sort of having a spell put on him i think he's starting to feel like he's losing himself a little bit and i think that you know he can he can feel that he is not himself like he and i think he has a genuine concern that like what if i what if i don't know myself what if i like lose my my real self to everything else okay interesting existential all right jerry how's jackson feeling right now uh well jittery he ate a lot of cake on the way uh, on the way out he had a lot on his hands and he just kind of grabbed some mitfuls so the whole bus ride back he was just mowing down on on like cake blobs and so he is on sugar high like summer camp levels of sugar high and so he's he if anybody engages with him he talks nonstop about what he did and what happened and, and essentially just kind of goes back over the battle from what he remembers detail by detail. And it takes three minutes because he's talking so fast and doesn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> now, because for, for two reasons, I'm concerned about, well, for many reasons, but two specific reasons I'm concerned about Jackson right now. One, he spent a, a significant amount of time, presumably unconscious, face down in a cake during the last battle. So I'm wondering, I'm worried about a little oxygen deprivation. But also, he he implanted, he he, will assume probably murdered a man with cake bombs. <laughs> this is not two. This, this is not oh, two people. He's killed allegedly. And so, He's is he legend. eating these mouths of cake as if it's like, <laughs> like I'm picturing like cutting the heart out of the beast that he just killed and he's just like you know no so this would this would have been so the cake was largely kind of destroyed from everything else that happened 
But <laughs> once the battle subsided, he saw the the remains of the cake and on the way out just was like and like just like two, <laughs> took two big handfuls right out of the cake. This will come in handy later. No, he was hungry and no, he's, he's not going to turn up. He's not going to turn down free cake. He's a 12 year old kid. Of course yeah. he's hungry. Yeah. And Michael's been handing him a wet wipe about every 30 seconds. <laughs> I was just going to say his tux has just got to be just disgusting right now. That gold, shiny gold tux. He's it's also just... decided he's never taking this tux off. Yeah. I... <laughs> and to, and to, to go back to your initial point, if there is somewhere in this facility that they could check a 12-year-old for a concussion, that might be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There's definitely a medical facility here. I think we already proved that because in one of the episodes where I forget who it was, they were given, I think, the broadest spectrum of antibiotic that we had that was was, was introduced. As, I forget which player, but yeah. Tito, how are, how do, how are the brothers DeGrado doing right now? Well, now that we've been greeted with such a warm welcome, we are on straight up cloud nine. We are up here. Everybody's high-fiving. Oh, we're throwing high-fives. We are ready for the excitement. If everybody else is on board, we're, we feel like champions. We don't have a lot of opportunity in life where people kind of, you know, come around us and applaud us for the things that we do. Normally, everything's yeah, kind of yeah. back alley and a little slippery. So... If everybody's excited, we're, we're just riding the high of excitement. With that being said, Tito, like he's excited and he's throwing high fives, but he's doing it with a little bit of a grin, kind of a, he's scoffing a little bit, he's breathing out of his nose and you know, him and sissy yeah. kind of keep like whispering back and forth. And as you know, people go to approach Tito to ask questions, sissy informs him that he's boycotting the situation because he's upset about getting punched. So he refuses to talk to anybody for any reason at all today. If you have any questions, you talk to me. But with that being said, we're Fair both enough. very excited. <laughs> so we're on. I don't remember who punched him. I don't know. Sissy doesn't know either, but he told um, Sissy he got punched. So as far as Sissy's concerned, somebody punched his brother. And Sissy, yeah. It might have been sissy for all he knows. I, no, what happened? No, what happened was tried to. There was a. It was the. I think the attempted red rover, the reverse rover that the brothers <laughs> tried to pull <laughs> yeah. against one of the bodyguards who who I think responded to you by just saying I eat keto and and didn't <laughs> move at all and then like threw threw Tito back across the the room and because Tito was one of the people that crashed into the DJ stand. So I think that was, that was, was the, a, the thing. In that was enough there. for him to boycott so, the situation. Uh, and he was over it. He didn't like getting chucked. Understandable. You know what? Tito has feelings. Tito has feelings. It's under, <laughs> you know, he's got to work through them. That's fine. But yeah, I can imagine that for, for Sissy and Tito being kind of the hero is not something that happens a lot. So that can be a, a, a big thing for them to feel. And then, Mark, how is Michael doing in this moment? Michael's a little bit shell-shocked. For the, the the first really obvious reason is that they might have just killed a guy. Might? <laughs> killed yeah. a few guys. <laughs> the, For sure. There's at least a hand left. But yeah, did Michael keep the hand, by the way? It might still be attached to his arm. But he did have a good grip yeah. on you, so yeah. it might be there. <laughs> but more existentially, yeah, the things have kept getting more and more real. 
And uh, like this, this was very, very real, especially with now a strong suspicion that at least one of his the parents might have been involved in a superhero group. And he, he used a lot of his powers at the, you know, at the, at this gala. So it's, uh, yeah, it's heroing is becoming a very real situation that, uh, yeah, he, he's going to have to adjust to. Yeah. And he's adjusted well, I think. I'd like to think. I think we're getting there. Well, we, as we said, we walked into the Heritage Hill Observatory control room. There's a party atmosphere. Dr. Blarnt is obviously very, she's very proud because she feels very proud of the tech that she helped design with the tracking devices. She keeps asking, so, so which ones of the devices were that, that worked? Was it the, the pocket square? I didn't think was good. That didn't, that didn't really play. Was it? We had, just so you remember the boutonniere pin specifically, the monocle, the business card, there was a pocket square. And what was the fifth one? What was the fifth one? Hang on. I, I thought I think it was just four. There was a fifth one. I can't remember what it was. Not important. It's okay. Handkerchief? Well, there's a pocket square. I think we only had four. I think we only had four. But maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. So she wants to hear like all about how these things happened. And, and, and she's really interested in the stories about you know, how the, how the devices were played. She seems very proud of Michael with his, with his plan of, of using the, the sneaking, just the pin. And she wants to hear about how she wants you to tell the story of the can of blowhard like a few times. She just, she's really excited about that part. Michael gets more ashamed of it uh, with each telling. (laughs) (laughs) But every time, every time that you are more ashamed, she kind of feels, she interprets it as like, you're just kind of becoming very sensitive about it. So she's like even more drawn into it. It's, it's He's so humble. She's so, it's just like, she is just, she's pining for Michael. Mundica sponge quickly walks into the room after the celebration has gone on for a bit and gives you all a, a hearty pat on the back and says, well done team. Well done. I knew you could do it. I'm so proud. Sounds like it went very, very well. And he kind of looks around and says, I, he, he goes over to Sissy and says, is, is Tito okay? I heard that, well, I heard that he took a bit of a beating. Is he okay? Sissy kind of leans back. He said he's fine, but he's boycotting the situation. He doesn't want to talk to any of you. But if I could have a minute, and he points at that lady who likes Mitchell. Yes. I just need a, a And he looks over and, 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 it, and there's, you know. The, 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 are you are you looking at Doctor Blarnt? Oh yeah, that's the one. Hmm. Okay, and you say that she has a thing for. You said Mitchell. Do you mean Michael? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitchell, Michael. You know who I'm talking about. <clears throat> yes. Okay. What? What? What do you? Do you want me to do something? I can, I just wa- I can I just see want if we can play let- some music. If you could play some Patsy Klein and let her know that Mitchell <laughs> like, is very okay. rich and handsome and that he likes her, I think everything will go just oh, fine. Uh, 
a Patsy Cline song specifically about Michael's wealth and and his devotion to Dr. Blart. I will he pulls out his phone and he's like, let me see if I can find that on Spotify. <laughs> but other than um, that, my brother's fine. He's like, okay, this thanks. is as close as I could get. And he, <laughs> he goes, this is as close as I could get. And he puts on some Sade. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> so there's, there's some Sade playing over the Bluetooth speakers. Ordinary love. <laughs> Um, and you see him you see him very conspicuously go over to like the the dimmer switch and just be like mm. <laughs> a little bit so, so at that point grab uh, he's he is trying hard to set the mood he ignores him grabs nice. the champagne Get throws this party him back, started walks away <laughs> nice it's like job well done check but then as as the party is kind of continuing there's still all these monitors and screens and things like that because again it is like control mission control and you hear a bing followed by a second bing and then one of the technicians is like oh dr blart dr blart come over here i think we have something and she she's got like her hand on Michael's shoulder and then she's like, Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. Yes. And she runs over to a station and she's looking at something. And then she says, Oh my gosh, they're working. The tracking devices are working. And, and everyone kind of gathers around the station and then she hits a button and calls it up on the big screen. And it looks like uh, just essentially a map of the city. And there's two dots that you can see. And she quickly explains, Oh, it looks like the tracking devices that you have put on, Mr. Presnois and this, uh, what did you call him? Noy, Noymane? What was his name? Mr. Big Money. New Money. Handsome guy. New, new Money. Oh. It's not huh. what Sissy calls him. Okay. Well, it looks like they're working and they're they're following him right now. And you see this, she's like, okay, it looks like Dr. Or Mr. Presnois is heading back to, he has a, a series of offices downtown. So it looks like he's heading back there. Okay. And she's like, this other new money, he's going to, okay. And she's following, she's like going to a, a part of town that's kind of a, more of an industrial area, light industrial area that's, she's, he seems to be going towards. And she's like, okay, well, it seems to make sense that they're just kind of going back to maybe where they live, I guess. You know, it is late at night. And she follows their progress for a little bit longer. And then within about a minute of each other, they both bloop, disappear off the map. And she goes, well, okay, this is odd. I don't, hmm, wonder what happened here. And then another, just down the row, another technician's like, oh, Dr. Blart, I think we have them, but this doesn't make sense. I don't know why they would be there, but the devices seem to be, well, can you just look at this? And she shuffles down and she looks at this monitor and says, well, that, that doesn't make any sense at all, but We'll pull it up. And she calls it up onto the big screen. And the map that you see now is you don't, it, it doesn't appear to be anything recognizable. It's not like a city map. It looks much more wide open than that. And I would like, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Let's get some rolls going here. So let's is this kind of like, guys, now that the lights are down, I have a headache and I think I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> 
is this kind of like when the GPS just kind of doesn't know where you're at and it just throws you out into the ethers of like a, a nowhere area? Is that kind of what's going on with their GPS thing or is In the it? Ocean. <laughs> yeah. Kind of something like that. Or is, are there still roads and stuff? Give me. Okay, so once more, I'm going like to, and now I'm in Nigeria. I'm going to review. What dice do we roll for this game? D 40. Eight of them. <laughs> 8d40 <laughs> oh boy I would like everyone to give me an assess the situation roll which is a roll plus superior <gasps> that's a My 7 for me so 7 good. for me <laughs> Mark what'd you get? 7 okay Jer? On my 2d6s that I rolled, I rolled a 1 on both of them. So I'm just checking to see what what I add to that. Plus superior. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I have a you, 3. I got a 3. So you don't have a plus 5 in anything. I can guarantee. Gabriel, what did Sissy get? Uh, my first roll of the night. Keep in mind, I, I am concussed. Two natural 6s with a plus 2. So 14. <laughs> Out of 14. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Didn't even need um, to roll for Tito. So, love it. Yeah. Tito, like I said, Tito's boycotting. He went off in his room. Jackson might have fallen asleep slash passed out. <laughs> he just he... rolled He just rolled popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> These don't make any sense at all. Jackson's sugar high is rapidly coming to a crashing halt, and he is just... He needs to walk me down. This is so. This is surprising. This is I. I. I have to. Oh, Gabriel just left. Oh, I'm here. And Gabriel's back. That sissy is not the person I would have expected to pick up on this, but here we are. You look at the map that's up there, and at first you're like, "Where the hell is that? That doesn't make any sense." And then you see a few landmarks you start to recognize, okay, there's like some features on this map. It's not just a blank space. You see kind of towards the South, what looks just kind of like, it's almost like it's at the border of this map is right at the South. There's a little line. And as you go North, then you see there's some areas that look like it might be some forests. You're assuming on this. And then you keep going North and it looks like you're guessing the scale of this is, is quite large because you appear, you looks at what looks to be pop, like some kind of population center, some kind of city. And both of the dots are actually not too far away from that. They're not in the city, but they're near it, but they appear to be kind of in a mountainous range. And you look at that and you're like, I feel like I've been there. It looks like there's something about this that looks familiar to me. And all of a sudden it dawns on you. I'm looking at the liminal space right now. You're looking at that alternate dimension that your party had visited several episodes back where you met speaks, speaks like thunder, the very small petite matriarch that poked into each one of your brains at one point or another. Uncle Laserbeam. Uncle Laserbeam. Uncle Laserbeam was there. You, you fought at the portal. 
against the blood tax collectors. Oh, the fun we've had. And yeah, you realize that you're looking at a map of the liminal space. So Sissy gets a tap on the shoulder from Tito and he kind of leans in. Listen. Aha, I figured it out. Not my brother. And kind of shoves him away. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we met that guy, the old man and all those little guys, those clear guys that are kind of like from the, from the star Wars thing from the, from the whatever this we've been there. And also we fought those centaurs there. And he, and he's real proud of himself for figuring this out because he doesn't figure out much. (laughs) And he sits back (laughs) like a detective. (laughs) A poor detective. <laughs> Again, even when he, even when we win, he wins. <laughs> and and Doctor Blart and Mundica Sponge kind of both turn to look at Sissy, kind of baffled that you were kind of right, <laughs> and yet very wrong. But the feathers like, okay, okay, and they said yes, you. You, you, it's right. You had been in the liminal space on the other side of the veil. Well, Dr. Blunt, what are we looking at here? And she says, well, it looks like the tracking devices are working in the liminal spaces, which means that Sasha Presnois and new money are in the, the liminal space. I don't get that. I don't get why they're there, but that's weird. And well, does anybody want to do anything at this point? I don't want to keep expositioning if anyone wants to. I want to hear you do more conversations between two different people. Yeah, it's fun to role play by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Larry asks, Larry kind of like says out loud, is that that the people that we met, like that population center? Do you think that's near there? Can we, is it it that close? Uh, And Mundica says, you... You met with their leader with Speaks Like Thunder, correct? Yes. And he says, yes, that is, he kind of has a little, he's a little, little laser pointer. He's like, beep. And he points at the population centers. That is their, that is their home there. And you, re- and you recognize then that these dots are not in that city, but it doesn't look like they're far away. And he says, I don't know where, where they are. Dr. Blunt, can we enhance? And he, he says, yes, hold on. Enhance. 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 <laughs> this is some CSI level technology. Yeah. And, you, and, and all you really, well, it's happening. She's just zooming in, zooming in, zooming in. And it appears that this, the, the, the tracking devices are near a different structure. So again, it looks like it's in a little bit of a mountainous place, but they're actually at a built structure. And they say, well, that's, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that before. Hmm. Tell you what, I think if it's, if it's in the, uh, yes, Cecilio. Yes. Are you telling me that Mr. Big Money and Walks with Lightning Lady are team members? Is that what we're getting at here? They're working together? Um, against us she says actually actually i i i don't know that because 
all I can tell you is that they appear as if they're in that space near that population center, but I don't, I don't, we don't have a way of knowing where speaks with speaks like thunder is, nor do we know if she is involved in this. And I can't imagine that she would be, she is the protector of those people. I can't imagine that she would be involved in something like this. But I thought that, Oh my head. (laughs) Someone comes over, someone comes over with a glass of sunny D and just hands it to Jackson. <laughs> I, w- I thought the new mo- the new money guy and the Thasha Prethmar weren't they just fighting each other? Why are they there together? I that's a I I don't know. I agree with you. They were fighting, weren't? I mean, you watched them. <laughs> she just hands you the two liter bottle of Sunny D. It's like Jackson is reinflating all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, she said. Well, you just. I mean, we all heard and watched you kind of fight the two of them fighting each other. Isn't that correct? I mean, that's what you saw, right? They were fighting they were for sure near, near each other. Larry, by the way, uh, Mundica says to Larry, by the way, rad shark and statue work there, by the way. Super cool. Thank, thank you. <laughs> I see a couple possibilities. Um, it could be that that Sasha and New Money are continuing to fight in the liminal space, but it could also have been that they were putting on a show in this space. Mundiga says, well, that's an interesting theory. Seems like an awful lot of work, but, I mean, a long con is a long con. Hmm. But this New Money, this this New Money is a player that we hadn't known before. I, I don't understand. And he kind of turns to Dr. Blarn and says, do you think we need to bring in the sage? And she says, yeah, probably. This is starting to get out of our our area of expertise. What's yeah. the sage? And uh, Would you say it's time? Oh, snap. Oh. <laughs> Are we having a lasagna? <laughs> and then Mundicus quickly brings out his phone. He... She puts up parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme, Scarborough <laughs> Frere. He's like, it just seemed appropriate. The sage is, well, he's, he's a, for lack of a better word, he's a consultant that we use sometimes to talk about affairs in the liminal space. He has connections and knows things. He has, he's, he has, well, yes, he has knowledge of that plane. So tell you what, it's very late. Let us rest we will reach out to the sage and we will bring him in. Well, he's not exactly an early riser, so we'll bring him in as quickly as we can. And so he he dismisses all of you to go rest for the night. Any conditions that you had are cleared. The, you, you by the way, we had a couple, well, I'll say, you know, Tito leveled up. I feel like, um, I don't know if she took, if she took care of that. I forget what, how he left it in the episode. Mark, I know Michael leveled up, but I think you, I think you took care of that. I think you got your power. Yeah, I'm fair. How are the rest of you doing in terms of getting close to leveling up? I'm at three potential, no. and, okay. and I don't know. <clears throat> I had three conditions though. Yeah, the conditions. So the conditions and potential are are different. Yeah. So no, no, no potential for a sissy, or is that for Tito? I, I'm pretty flip? sure. Both at what point? Because. Tito would have okay. level. 
Yeah, Tito leveled up last session, got a new skill, and Sissy yeah. leveled up the round before that, the the session before that. So I think we're both at okay. zero with one level up. Cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. The next morning, you guys you guys all stay at the Heritage Hill Observatory if you wish. Or <laughs> maybe Jackson should go home. I don't know. I mean, he's 12. <laughs> I don't know how's, how's Jackson handling things with his parents right now. Uh, I'm I assumed that that he explained things pretty honestly, <laughs> and that he got a job, <laughs> and that he probably had a chat with Mundicus, who is essentially acting as kind of a camp counselor of sorts that is that is communicating with his parents as far as Jackson's fine he's going to stay another night you know blah 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 whatever and that that Jackson will text his parents and and kind of check in once in a while but that Mundic is just handling sort of the itinerary and the, the the officialness of it nice and Jackson's parents are like okay cool sounds good <laughs> behave be nice make friends it's not like they are it's not like they just are kind of like do whatever you want stay out of trouble kind of parents but they they are they they understand that he is a special kid (laughs) and and i don't know what mundic has told them but jackson was pretty straightforward that he's gonna go get a job helping people and that he's got these new skills that are unique and are useful and that he's finally finding out who he really is. <laughs> and his parents interpret that as like, he's going to like a computer programming camp or something. Bible like, camp. I, I don't know what they think. <laughs> That's just what he told them. Perfect. You know what? And Jackson is, he's not lying. He is, and he's not trying to lie. He, he is. Is he? Is he coloring the truth a bit, just in terms of how he's delivering it? No, I think that he he is trying to be very straightforward with them without without saying I'm a superhero now because he doesn't know if he is a superhero. And I think there's probably also a little bit in he the back. Did of his just mind. he did just kill a man with cake in the last episode. So <laughs> yeah, I think that there's also a little bit of in the back of his head this little thought of I need to protect them. Mm. So he's kind of keeping things vague but truthful, and uh, protect them, meaning his parents. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jackson is growing up. He's maturing right before yep. our eyes here. Look at this. In the if morning, this goes on much longer. He's going to be a teenager. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you you wake up in the morning. I'm going to guess that Michael is an early riser. He is feeling like P Diddy. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm. It, it's going to be my guess that Michael is awake before anyone else in the group. But correct me if I'm wrong. And Mundicus and Doctor Blarnt soon join you. They they have their Heritage Hill Observatory coffee mugs that they're drinking of. They're like, oh, you can get them over the, if the gift shop. It's you know they're quite nice. Breakfast here. <laughs> there is no, but someone brought in donuts. So, but they're all they're all the it was like the day old bakery cake donuts so they're a little bit dry but you know it's still a donut great for dunking in coffee 
great for dunking in coffee. I don't know if Jackson's a coffee drinker, but there you well, go. No, and he, he's a little turned off by sugar right right now. <laughs> <laughs> he sees it's like <laughs> he just wants some eggs and bacon. I think. Yeah, he needs protein. <laughs> that late in the morning, by you know eleven o'clock or so, Mundicus says, "Oh, the sage should be here soon." As I said, he's not an early riser, but he he can be an invaluable resource when it comes to things in the liminal space. And soon in walks in someone that the f- the five of you have met before. In fact, just recently when you were at his store, a hazy shade of winter, because in walks Jeff Ua Marbles, <laughs> also known as the Sage. And he sees you guys. He's like, hey, guys, how are you? Good to see you again. He's like, sissy, what's up? Oh, dude, sissy's super hype at this point. He's like, whoa, you were the sir the yeah. whole time? And he kind of gives him a big bro hug. And uh, he's pumped, yeah. man. They're high-fiving. And, and, and Jeffy was like, I didn't know. Man, I didn't know you were working with these guys. You should have told me. I didn't even know Neither that we were we. working on these guys, man. <laughs> Me and Barry both. We don't. And so, so Mundicus quickly sees that you that you have known each other. He's like, you, you have all met before. Okay, okay. And then he quickly realizes, like, oh yes, because of his cover job at the marijuana store. I forgot that was our connection before when we were looking at Red Leaf. Yes. Well, yep, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag that Jeff Ua is our consultant that we bring in for matters regarding the liminal space. Mr. Marbles, I'm afraid we have a situation that we are in over our heads, and I'm hoping you can help us. And he brings up the map again on the screen, and it looks as it did last night, and you still see the map of the liminal space as you have seen it with the two dots indicating that the the Sasha and New Money still appear to be in that place. And he looks at the map, Jeff looks at the map and says, Well that, okay, that's that's weird. Can we hey, can we enhance? And Dr. and Dr. Blanche's like, oh yeah, yes, hold on. Enhance. 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 En- enhance. <laughs> And brings it in, zooms it in. Is there somebody just pushing the TV closer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like she's typing on the keyboard, but there's someone with like there's someone with the mouse just kind of going. <laughs> in some ways, this organization is incredibly high tech. In some ways, they don't know their ass from their elbow. <clears throat> and it zooms in, and again, you see that it looks like the two are in this mountainous area in a built structure. And Jeff Hewis says, wait, wait a second. I've, I know that space. And Mundicus says, well, what, what is it? He's like, that's, that's bad news, man. That's a temple right there. And if both of those guys are in that temple, well, Dr. Blart interrupts. We thought that. What are the, well, she actually looks at Michael kind of adoringly. She's like, Michael thought that maybe they were fighting in that space. I thought that was a brilliant idea. And he says, he says, I, I don't think that's what's going on. I think that they're 
meeting with someone or they're trapped there. I'm not really sure. And he says, do we have, is your library up and running? He says to Mundicus. Mundicus says, well, yes, of course it's upstairs. And he has everyone come up to the library with him, which is up on the main floor. He is, is Sissy raising his hand as you're walking to the library. Yeah, he does that when he, he, he thinks all the situations here in this really high tech lab are all very school oriented. So every time he has a question, he's just going to continue to raise his hand. Normally, it's when his brother taps him <laughs> on the shoulder. but That's kind of his going rate for the question asking. Yeah. And he's, he's like, yes, what, what is it? When you say trapped, how do you mean? He says that, well, maybe it's that they somehow got there, but, or were brought there and they can't get out. And maybe that's. But if they went there, like, I don't. Isn't there a reason why they know. would have gone there? Like, like why would they? Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So stuck. He he. Oh yeah, I mean I I I agree. Is it Jer or Jackson who is raising his hand? Have you guys ever seen that movie where they go to the temple and then they they summon like a monster? <laughs> the fifth element. <laughs> The ruin, maybe Star Stargate. Yeah, all of those temples <laughs> are bad news. Temple, temple of Doom, Temple of Doom. If they're a temple, that means that they're probably there to summon the summon a demon or a monster or maybe maybe God. <laughs> Jeffua says. Jeffua turns and looks at Jackson. Says. You know, you're maybe not as far off as you. (laughs) (laughs) And he he goes into the library and this library is this marvelously appointed space that is, I mean, it's just, you picture in an old Victorian home, a well-appointed library. And that's what you got here full of these tomes that are, that when you look at, when you actually look at the spines of the books, you realize most of them are languages you can't read. Some of them don't even look like to be a recognizable language from our world and he jeffy goes over to the other shelves he's flipping through here we go this might be it he pulls a, pulls a book off the shelf that looks like it's 300 years old maybe goes over there's a big reading table in the middle of the, in the middle of the room and starts flipping through kind of reminiscent of that scene in raiders of the lost ark when they're when indiana jones is looking through the the book to show the guys the power of the ark Except this book doesn't have a buckle on it. I always thought that was pretty cool that the book actually had a buckle. And he opens it up and he says, yeah, I bet she's back. And I bet this is her. I thought, I heard rumors that she might be coming back. And that really would explain, oh, maybe, I don't know. Karen Allen? (laughs) (laughs) You know, underrated, underrated, really. He turns his book around and shows you, and this is old. Let me see if I can get a good image here. That would be who appropriate. And is she super hot? Uh, well, 
Tito if you wants see, to you can text me the the cue and I'll put it in the AI generator. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a pic. I have a picture. It's more of how I, how do I want to share it with you? Because I can't I can't just drop it into. I can't drop an image into the chat, unfortunately. Throw it in the message trip or the text thread. Yeah, there we go. That's, that's what I'll do. While this is going on, Sissy wants to kind of step over to Jackson and kind of pull him in and say, Hey, Jordo, good job with that monster thing. Where'd you come up with that? Jerry is muted. Haven't you ever seen Spy Kid? <laughs> <laughs> you mean that movie with Benicio Del Toro? <laughs> is that the one? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, nobody ever goes to a temple to do good stuff. It's got a point. You're a smart kid. You, um, you hang out right, with I just us. Texted you We're going to get image. you on the right track. Also, spoiler alert, <laughs> mm, don't hang um, out with us. I just texted you via image. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, the, he says that, Ooh. he's like, I, I, I heard... I heard rumors that she might be back. This is Mrs. Latunda. And give me... Um, Did you draw this? Give me a superior role. Did I draw this? Come on. No. Everybody? Yeah. Give me a superior role. Eleven. Jer or Gabriel? Seven plus two, nine. Okay. Sissy, Sissy feels like he's heard that name before. You think maybe it, you heard it potentially from your mom, but you don't really remember anything about it. Larry, is Larry a connoisseur of South American history? Boy, howdy. Uh, okay. Let me hold on. Hold on. Let me let me find something here. He, by virtue of being a fan of Borowski and his films, was introduced to the films of that part of the world and then learned things that may or may not be true as a result of them. So therefore has some knowledge, but mostly of the incredibly weird part of Central American history or South American history as presented by a batshit crazy director. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of apropos that Larry is the one to, to get this because Larry remembers and all of this in kind of the, the Jodorowsky rabbit hole that he went down and learning about some of the myths of South America and that may have influenced some of his works. You remember reading about La Tunda, which was this myth kind of along some of the Pacific coastal regions of South America of a woman or more specifically a shapeshifter 
who specifically seemed to appear often as a, a woman and or a woman with a wounded leg who would lure people into the forests and then trap their souls. Mm. And so that comes back to you. You're like, I've, I've heard of this. It's like the uh, Baba Gaga, or is that, what is it? What is that called? The Baba Yaga. No. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not Not too too dissimilar. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, yeah, you hear that. That's what, that's what sticks in your head when that, when that pops in there. Do you relay that to the rest of the party? Yes, I do. I tell them all about LaFonda. <laughs> Jane Fonda. <laughs> Jane Fonda. You're like sissy now, just making up names. <laughs> Tunda uh, Adabimbe, lead singer of TV on the radio, is not related to La Tunda. <laughs> Rather, this is an entirely separate entity. Is, the, is nice. what you hear me sort of finishing my conversation. <laughs> In conclusion, I will finish my TED talk by explaining once more the difference between this <laughs> South American myth and the lead singer of TV. Is this to say that Mark, are you going to yeah, say is, something? Is this to say that the two godlike beings that we barely escaped from at this, at the gala are now collaborating to summon an actual God? Is he's doing the situation um, correctly? Jeffua kind of looks at it and says, well, maybe, but if that's what they're doing, I got a feeling they're in for more than they bargained for. Latunda has been, well, she's been here many times over the course of human history and always has been pushed back, back across the veil found some new way to banish her, but she'll find a way to come back. And from her, her main thing, it's almost like she needs to eat souls to live. Like that's her, that's her sustenance. And it's, it could just be that it's feeding time for her. And I have a sneaking suspicion that, if these two, if these two guys that you say are, are working together, I don't, I don't know. That seems they're they're not they're probably in over their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, questions? Uh, it's, are all mythological beings real? Also, how are you hearing rumors about alternate dimensions? First question. Almost all of them are real. Yep. That's yeah. That's just yeah. That, that's, that's we should establish that right away. Yeah. Pretty much any myth or legend or whatever that you've heard, probably real or at least based in reality. Uh, the second question i mean i've done a lot of drugs so i think i i think i you know you know how sometimes you live in an apartment with really thin walls and you can just you know i do hear stuff through the walls i can just hear stuff like through the walls and i feel like i mean in reality i think it's just because i did a lot of drugs and now i can't really turn it off we did a lot of drugs with you, buddy. During the night, during the night before everybody went to bed, Jackson made sure to ask somebody to clean his suit. So he is wearing it today. Oh, he's gonna wear it every day. And <laughs> yeah, they they went to they found an all night all night dry cleaner. 
and that also has a, an amazingly fast turnaround time. And I assume uh, they had something on the premises. Well, you know, of all again, of all the things, <laughs> a hose. Some, <laughs> some things they have amazing technology, but sometimes you know what? It's like it's like don't make your own ketchup; just get the Heinz. It's good enough. Okay, sure. So, so, and if you recall, part of the outfit was the sweet pair of '80s futuristic sunglasses. Sun, sun, sunglasses. Oh yes. So, <laughs> Jackson kind of steps forward a little bit and says, "If it's feeding time, then let them eat cake." <laughs> <laughs> stupid, Larry. Larry just goes. <laughs> Not stupid at all. I love that so much. <laughs> and then he does one of these. <laughs> just pose. Um, I love this kid. Does Jackson have? What does? Does he have anything in his pockets? Of the suit? Yeah. I mean, this, you know, I'm assuming even if he puts on a special suit, he's, you know, does he have like things he always has in his pockets? Yeah, he's got, I mean, he's got the backpack with, with all of the doll heads and other <laughs> miscellany right. that, that he's, that he's used. But in the actual suit, he's probably got a little hidden pocket with some marbles and like a couple of bouncy balls and diff, diff, just small things that he thinks would be good in his sort of gambit kind of sure power power up when he does his puts on his the rest of you see this jackson might not notice this but as he is like coming up to do his thing it's like the lighting changes and he's got spotlight but he's also kind of backlit at the same time somehow and he does this feeding time let them eat cake and does his pose <laughs> and all of the little projectiles in his pocket pockets and including backpack come bursting out and kind of hover around him like a ele- like electrons around a nucleus and and he's just like and then does he kind of like what does he do at that point when he realizes he's surrounded by all of his projectiles that he didn't try to do this to i think that he would just sort of casually try to figure out how to like get him into his hands like <laughs> concentrate on like bringing them to his hands okay without making it look like he doesn't know what he's doing give me an unleash your powers roll oh god <laughs> uh, roll plus freak come on get a good roll for work, once. and then i want to see the moment where he can't hold all those things in his hands <laughs> your power is freak That's going to be an eight. Okay. You kind of start grabbing at a few and you get like a few marbles and bouncy balls and rubber ducks in your hands. And you're like, hey. and then as you do that, and all the rest of just clatter to the ground and scatter. <laughs> Not- and then he immediately like dives onto the ground and starts like, yeah, starts scooping around in his hands and he's picking him up. So these are not like locked and loaded. These are just floating. They were just floating. Okay. Just a cool little, you know, little show. Yeah. It's not like a bunch of live grenades just dropped. It's, it's just, a, just kind of a mess. Gabriel, what were you going to say? So Sissy and Tito were over here kind of, you know, chatting back and forth about a lot of the, 
you know, the mythical things that we had heard growing up. And uh, talking back to Je- Jeffua, Je- Jeffua, Jeffua, we ask him. Jeffua. Jeffua. So, if all these things are real, La Llorona, the La Chusa, all the stuff that our grandmothers told us, that our grandma told us about, how do we fight La Trunja? What's her weakness? They all got a weakness. <laughs> What's the secret? We know you know what it is. I, well, I'm 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 honored that you think that I know, but it's been it's been. I mean this this book, and he's like, and he lifts up this old book. He's like, this book was published about 350 years ago. This is the last time that we have a recorded appearance of her they didn't really talk about what made her go away, but there was obviously something that could contain her and keep her on the other side of the veil. We just don't know what it is yet. But the fact that right now she's still on the other side of the veil, but it looks like she's got some sort of connection with our side already with your two, uh, your two ding dongs that you were fighting just yesterday. I can't imagine it's going to be good. I don't know if we can get you back over onto that side or if we need to do a little more research, but this is not, this is not good. This is not good at all guys. Well, jordo has got that really cool bouncy ball trick and the cake move and Barry, he can go invisible. Like, yeah, I saw the, I saw the balls. That was, it was, it was cool until they all hit the ground. Unless did you mean to do that? That was, I mean, maybe you meant to do that. That's, that's cool too. Oh, muted. <laughs> language for a 12 year old he comes he comes running up with an armful of his stuff and he's like i got an idea you guys what if to catch a mythical beast we have to get our own mythical beast does anybody know where the bigfoot is i love this kid jackson do you We've just want to make bigfoot forever Or El Chupacabra. That sounds really dangerous. What, what about somebody who is he a, gets a it. good guy he gets in the us. stories? Can, can we get Quetzalcoatl? Mark, what was Thor? that? Ganesha? Icus <laughs> kind of jumps in. He's like, okay, okay, okay. I, I see what you're doing here. Just because we can name them and know they exist doesn't mean that we're like, we have them on retainer. <laughs> Can we ask nicely? We are the God Butcher. I mean, you could could ask Thor nicely, but I mean, that's kind of a big get, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But but I like like where your head's at. I think that's great. I think, you know, the the enthusiasm is out there. I think, here's what I suggest that we do. That if you have people that you want to recruit for our purposes here i mean by all means come up with a name and we will reach out and if we have them in our database we know where they are by all means we might be able to reach out to them and say hey you know calling in a favor sort of thing kind of hey we kept you safe and quiet why don't you help us out but yeah i if it's a uh, a regional deity uh, chances are no but no no bad ideas so by all means and then and <laughs> dr blart kind of leans into you michael and says like i thought it was a good idea so, <laughs> and she leans in, and you and you realize like 
she she leaned in so close that you could actually kind of feel her breath on your ear. Like it was it was closer than it needed yeah. to be. So when I gave the thumbs up. I, I don't know how Michael like, wants to feel that, but hit her in the chin a little bit. Sorry, <laughs> 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 right. sorry. Right. Oh, and she blushes, and she's like, oh, "It's a meat." She's like, "It's a meat cute. It's a meat cute. It's a meat cute." So here's what I'm going to suggest that we do at this point is that we're going to stop and truly, because I like this idea of potentially recruiting. If you want to come up with a, some sort of mythical creature, some legendary obscure mythical creature as an ally, by all means, I will, I will look into adding them to <laughs> your, your stable of NPCs that you can call <laughs> upon. I think it's, I think it's pretty rad. Okay. What do you think? Do they have to be people? Nope. And I mean, my, my first, stop? my first ask is a unicorn. He's <laughs> like, well, yes, unicorns are real, but unicorns are also unicorns, meaning they're not very common. Uh, but we'll see what we can see what we can do. All right, I'm going to end here. 